Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good morning and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. A little rainy for us today. We haven't had that in a while. I consider it like a refresher, you know, oh, just refresh it. So just, nice. You know what I mean? You just kind of need it from time to time. Yeah. I mean, the grass is looking amazing right now. Starting to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Starting really to. lovely. And if you're driving out there in the Seattle area, slow down. Please. Take a few breaths. Please. Enjoy the, the views. The stunning air, um, because our traffic has increased in the area quite significantly over this past year, and we have a lot of construction going on, too. So, you know, you're just going to have to take deep breaths, pull over to the side of the road if you need to use the restroom, if you got to get back in traffic, and... (laughs) Just, did you witness something? No, or? I did not. But I'm just thinking, <laughs> the traffic is so long. People are staying in cars sometimes for 90 minutes. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know. I couldn't imagine. Thankfully, my commute isn't bad at 3 yeah, a.m. 3 a.m. So. is really good for you. Lucky right? for me. Oh, right? well, well, we're very happy for the, the mist that's in Seattle and kind of watering all of our plants that have been having 80-degree weather for weeks and weeks on end. Yeah, they needed a drink. They needed a drink. Mm-hmm. And we hope that wherever you are in the world that it's gorgeous, whether it's daylight, nighttime, winter, spring, wherever you are, um, we are wishing you great happiness and joy. Today, I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Carl O'Halviv. He is the author of You Can Beat Lung Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions. Fabulous book, by the way. Um, Dr. Halviv is also a 39-year lung cancer survivor who was given six months to live by conventional medicine, so he used natural interventions, which he he talks about in his book, which is really quite phenomenal. His story and what he has done since to prevent recurrence is included in You Can Beat Lung Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions. At age 81, he has not only beat the odds of lung cancer, but also the odds of three chronic illnesses and five prescribed medications that are the average for a 75-year-old. For the past 39 years, his focus has been on holistic health and natural interventions. He is a registered nurse with two masters, one from the University of California and John Hopkins University, and a doctorate degree in public health um, and wellness, and 60 years of experience as a nurse practitioner, educator, author, and researcher who received national recognition, including um, Distinguished Careers in Public Health Award from the American Public Health Association in 1999. So welcome to the program, Carl. It's lovely to have you. Thank you, Marie. I'm happy to be with you, and I'm also happy to meet another nurse that realizes that there's more to health than uh, drugs. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's kind of funny. My story is backwards. I was raised very holistically. In fact, my family freaked, oh, were you? Yeah, my family freaked out when I went to traditional... Um, education. They're going, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) Um, But I just loved medicine. I really loved oncology as well. That's where I specialized, actually. And I loved it. I loved it. But after a while, I just wanted to head back to my roots. And so here I am. Well, you know, I'm meeting more and more people, Marie, that are moving in that direction. And it's so exciting to me. Uh, I interviewed a Dr. Take, uh, who grew up in Burma. And her mother was a physician, so she learned Eastern medicine. She went to Harvard and got her cardiology. And would you believe she teaches meditation, Tai Chi, yoga, all these kinds of nice things in her cardiology center. 
And her goal, if she puts patients on drugs, is to get them off. Right. Isn't that yes. fantastic? Well, and I agree. That's what, you know, I, I, I have a love for conventional um, as well because I saw so many interesting things that I didn't see in my holistic mm-hmm. upbringing, you know, that I thought were phenomenal. But I agree with you 100%. If someone needs prescription drugs, which is a big if, by the way, mm-hmm. the goal would be to, that they are used for acute you know, except for the few who really need, you know, um, conventional drugs, but to get them right. off and get on holistic medicine, herbs, vitamins. Yeah. And yeah. so right. in, in your wonderful book, you can beat lung cancer, which is the leading cause of death in cancer in the United States, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. That, that's amazing. You know, people amazing. talk about breast and they talk about prostate, but lung cancer kills more people than breast, prostate, and colon combined. Wow. Wow. Um, when I worked in oncology, I actually never saw a patient survive lung cancer. Rarely. Uh-uh. Right. And you know why? No. Uh, because the symptoms don't usually appear until stage three or four when it has metastasized, and then that's when they start having problems. And so it's so late when they discover it. You know, mine, fortunately, I think was one or two mm-hmm. and. I had the advantage of having a strong faith in God, and I watch my dreams, and I believe that God speaks with us through dreams, and that's how I discovered that I had lung cancer. Really? my dreams, right. Right. So you have this prolific dream, and you you decide, because you're a nurse, you're a nurse practitioner, you know, you're very educated, Mm -hmm. you diagnose, you treat patients, you work with physicians very closely, Mm -hmm. and so you just decided to go in and, like, have a chest x-ray? Is that what you did? Right, Mm -hmm. right. And then something was fuzzy on the film, and they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. That hadn't been there previously, right. Oh, wow. And then came the biopsy, and then came the diagnosis. Right. And there's, if I'm correct, there's four different types of lung cancer, or two different types, but one of them breaks down into two different types. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, When I was reading over that this morning when you were talking about it, so there's could you go over the basic types I'm a of... little fuzzy on that too, Marie, <laughs> in that my whole background has been public health and keeping people well. You did a great job in the book. I'm just letting you know that. In fact... Well, thank you. I did research, you know, that type of thing. But you did fabulous. It's not really that important to me. What's True. important is, you know, that people use a holistic approach. <laughs> right. No, I, and... I love it. We don't have to go into the different levels of carcinomas. <laughs> That's not necessary. We don't have to do that. In fact, what I found fascinating with the book, because is sometimes it's complicated the way that they um, diagnose cancers today. It doesn't even matter what type you have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's all these various letters and numbers that go along with diagnoses today, which is, mm-hmm. you know, interesting, complicated, and scary for people. And I love how you broke it down so that people could actually look at it, take the time to really look at to see if they are diagnosed or someone they love, what category they're in, if indeed they feel that's necessary. Because I agree with you, if we start to use a holistic approach, then a lot of wonderful, magical things can change. Well, one thing that I found with the people that have contacted me book come out, and I hear from maybe 60 people a month, and I found that when they have stage 4 and it metastasize, especially to the bone, they have so much pain that it cannot, they can't deal with it using natural uh, things. Oh, right. And so most of the people that were doing very well with their lung cancer, 
because we usually were following it with something called the Navarro urine test mm. that also determines if you're pregnant or not, but most oh. men don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, or people at a certain age don't have to worry about that. But the Navarro test was showing that the lung was clearing, but the pain from the arm was creating so much problem that one young man that I followed over about six months, he went and had radiation on mm-hmm. his arm for the pain, yeah. and that was the beginning of the end. Really? So uh, you... His wife told me had he not done that, she thinks he would have survived. Really? Really? But he couldn't take the pain. Well, in bone cancer, you know, by the time any type of cancer gets to the bone, it is really painful. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a yeah. comfortable situation. And radiation is the palliative treatment for that, right, to, mm-hmm. to stop yeah. the growth temporarily. Mm-hmm. So, so here you are, you know, years ago you were diagnosed with cancer. You're a conventional person at the time, mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. you have a strong holistic um, self-love, praying, belief. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the way you look at people. You really see their souls, and I, mm-hmm. when you talk to them, you talk to their soul, which is really quite gorgeous, by the way. It's right, quite right. stunning. So you go in, you get diagnosed, you have a biopsy, all of that, and now you've been told, I'm assuming, that you need chemotherapy and radiation. Uh, chemo and surgery, right. And surgeries, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, surgery first, I guess. Oncologists yep. do it sometimes differently, depending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently you decided not to do that. Right. Well, the doctor told me I had six months, and he said, we can offer you chemo and surgery. And I said, uh, wait a minute. I said, I don't make snap decisions. I go home. I pray about it. I make a rational decision. I may or may not decide to do that. So I, and he, they kept saying, well, you know, you'll be dead in six months. And I kept saying, but that's my responsibility to make that decision. Your responsibility is to tell me the pros and cons of surgery, the pros and cons of chemo, and my decision, my responsibility is to make the decision. But, you know, physicians back then, and I think they still do to a degree, they have difficulty with that from a patient. They think they know more about what's best for someone else. But, you know, I think people are beginning more and more to take more responsibility they I think are. the computer has been fantastic. I know. That. Although I can tell you um, when I see clients and, uh, and of course they don't have to have cancer or not, but a lot of people come in terrified because <laughs> they've discovered all these diseases online. You know? <laughs> but well, I, did you go through that when you were in nursing school? No, you, I didn't. Different diseases? <laughs> no, I don't have a fear of illness for some reason. I, I, I did back then. I don't really? anymore. But I did back then. <laughs> so, so you actually were really courageous, you know, because this was a little while ago mm-hmm. and when conventional medicine was even stronger and our belief in our physicians was even more godly than it is today, right? mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. we go, well, maybe, let me think about it. Let, let me talk to my psychic, my nutritionist, my <laughs> <Right>. acupuncturist, <laughs> and then I'll get back to you. you know? Right, right. <laughs> but it wasn't like that and then. To and to God. <laughs> and to God, the most important person to can confide in, right? Mm-hmm. So you went home, thought about it, and what happened? Well, my good friend Ursula, who um, was my physician's sister, but he didn't even know we knew each other, and Ursula was very different than than him, and she told me that uh, if I wanted, she would watch her dreams, she would pray for guidance with me, uh, She uh, and, and she also suggested the psychic reading, and I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose, so I had a reading, 
And everything came back that I should treat it naturally, that I should not use conventional. So I did. But I did go back to my doctor every six months for x-rays. Which is smart, right? To mention, uh, to see progress. But I didn't tell him I was doing anything. (laughs) So he thought we were just wait uh, wait and see mode. Right. But at that time, you know, the only uh, thing there was to uh, measure progress was the chest x-ray. And so... You know, that's not the best thing to be no, doing when you've got lung cancer either. Right. But. It's not as definitive, <laughs> right? And and also it's giving you, you know, more uh, radiation, right? Right, right. right. Yep. So this is fascinating. Right. You were friends with your physician's sister, who's mm-hmm. actually woo-woo and, and non-conventional. And I love that she said that she would watch her dreams and pray with you. Uh-huh. So have, do you recommend that for, for your patients, your clients, to... Have someone that they really trust, who's a confidant, who's also spiritually um, connected. Right, right. You know, everyone's connected, but a lot of people don't realize or practice that connection. Um, um, do you think? Do, do you recommend that for people? To... Well, I think that is so important, Marie, because you know all the stress literature. You know about the support system being one of the three very important aspects right. of uh, overcoming stress and not going into a severe crisis situation. Wow, and you know, I think that uh, the support system is so important, and a lot of people say things that they love you like my mother, but they say <laughs> something that puts doubt in yeah, your mouth. Right? Yeah, no, and no, you don't yeah. really need that. It's <laughs> yeah. like my mother said, "Well, why don't you do what the doctor wants you to do, and then do these other things?" <laughs> yeah. You know, and that kind of puts doubt in your mouth. Well, and, and but plus, a good support system will support you like I supported my brother when he decided that he wanted radiation at age 91 when his doctor prescribed radiation. Wow. And I knew it was not going to help. Of course, yes. But I supported him. But right. I did say, would you also take Laetril, which is what I took, and he said yes. But his memory had gotten so bad, he didn't remember to take it. (laughs) And they gave him radiation five days a week for five weeks. I mean, that's too much for a 91-year-old man. Yeah, well, and I, I, I really do question, even when I was working in oncology, when we would get people in their 80s and older diagnosed with cancer who were doing just fine in their lives, they were mm-hmm. active, mm-hmm. they felt fine, but through their regular checkup, something suspicious came up and they were diagnosed with cancer. And mm-hmm. I really questioned treating them because, right. you know, radiation and chemo is so hard on the body. And if this person has maybe 10 more years of life... Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. probably they can do just fine without the treatments and enjoy the rest of their life rather than getting sick and having right. health issues from repressing their immune system. And my brother was an excellent example. The year before, he was chopping wood three days a week at 91. You know, he cut his own grass. He was still driving. He wow. grew all his own fruit and vegetables. Wow. You know, I mean, he was very, very active. I said to him once, how come you're still chopping wood? He said, i got to stay in shape. <laughs> you know, he had such a good attitude, too. Right, right. So in that case, you know, we really need intervention. Well, we need intervention everywhere when it comes to conventional medicine. But we really need intervention that to show our patients that they have choice. Like, right, right. You know, it's right. not. this isn't the only treatment available. These are all your options. Which one feels good to you? Mm-hmm. Right. right, I agree. Okay, right. so, so you're you're dreaming, you're meditating, you have this beautiful sacred friend who is actually your physician's sister. Who's mm-hmm. she's not telling her brother. By the way, 
Carl and I are meditating and we're looking for spiritual guidance because we're not we're not really hip on the chemo. <laughs> and and right. so and you didn't do surgery either. No. No. Wow. Neither. Wow, no. you're amazing. Uh-huh. Okay, so Well, I think that the Laetrile, even though it has been pretty much banned in this country, even a year ago, uh, the FDA raided a clinic in Oklahoma and closed them down, and there was one man buying his Laetrile, and they confiscated it, you know? But I think that Laetrile has been such an effective treatment. It's so effective that That's the why they don't want medical to profession this, and the yeah. FDA do not want people to know about it. I know, it. And, and this is the interesting part, because I don't think physicians, most physicians fall in this category, but they're, they're kind yeah. of blind. They're not paying attention. Right, right. But it's really, and there are some physicians who, and there are a small percentage who are paying attention because they get paid out by the pharmaceutical companies right. for trying mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. drugs with their patients. So, um, but yeah, it is it is the the cloak, if you will, on chemotherapy and how it's, what it's not doing for people and, and what it really is doing in terms of causing harm isn't really brought to mainstream attention because it's such a, a multi-billion dollar right, industry. Right, right, Yep, right. And it's so sad. And you write about that in your book, too. And it's interesting that recently there was some research on chemo that it does not get all of the cancer cells and that the most resistant stay behind. And then in a few years, they come back, and they're more, much more difficult to treat. Well, you know, it's, so, you know what's interesting, Carl, is you know I would go in with patients for them to sign their consent forms before we administered chemo, and it said very boldly, well, yeah, very boldly, that chemotherapy is known to be a carcinogenic, which means mm-hmm, it causes mm-hmm. cancer. And, and so patients would read over the form really quickly. It was a long form, and I would go and, and I would redirect them back to this paragraph uh-huh. Right. Because I really felt that they didn't understand it. And I still today, when I see cancer patients who've been on chemo for long periods of time, they still don't know or don't understand that chemo causes cancer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if for those people who have actually been cured by it, I, I celebrate that and I'm grateful. And, right. You know, I think that's amazing. But for a, for a lot of people, if it if it does cure their cancer, which is wonderful, it causes a lot of other side effects for them that keep them ill and in chronic conditions for even years to come. And I would suspect that those people that cured with uh, chemo have a strong faith, are optimistic. They may be doing some spiritual things. They may be helping others. They may be meditating. They may be using some affirmations. They may be using some other things that are having a big influence on the whole process. Wow. Uh, you are wonderful. I'm enjoying interviewing Carl. Am I saying your last name correctly? Halvi? Yes. Oh, great. Beautiful. Who is an RN um, nurse practitioner who also has his PhD in public health. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Would you like to be a Reiki master? Join Marie at the Hyatt House in Redmond, Friday, September 19th through Sunday the 21st. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to people at all levels of energy medicine healing knowledge. Completing the course will certify you as a Reiki 1, 2, and 3 practitioner. This is truly a transformative weekend. 
Enrollment is limited, therefore registration is required. For more information about the Reiki Master Workshop at the Hyatt House in Redmond, visit energyintuitive.com. There are many sounds in your day-to-day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. Sounds that energize you. And sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path, but aren't quite sure where to begin? Marie has a set of DVDs that can help steer you in the right direction, with wisdom, insight, and a dash of humor. The Healing From Within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health. Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath, Dr. Sheila Dunmerit to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health, and hormones. The DVD series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671. Marie Manucherry will be holding a seminar in Hollyhock, Vancouver, entitled Discovering and Dissolving Blockages to Health. This seminar ranges from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. You may have had a time in your life when you desperately needed a new way to look at a situation in order to reduce conflict or create change. Shifting energy breaks away patterns and allows everything to become new. Within the birth of new energy, anything is possible, even healing from a difficult disease. Join Marie for this two and a half day course to discover how to unravel old patterns and return to your authentic nature. For more information on how to register, visit our events page at energyintuitive.com. And again, this seminar will be in Hollyhock, Vancouver, British Columbia from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. Real people, real life, real radio. Really? Alternative Talk 1150. Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Carl Helviv. He is the author of eight books, actually, and a lot of papers that have been published as well. I, I believe that you love um, helping people. Helping people heal is one of your favorite things in the world to do. And look at you. You're 81, healthy, strong, still taking care of people and enjoying your life. That's really amazing. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So the, the drug that you took, so, so how did that happen? How did you find the medication that you took that cured your cancer? Well, Ursula, my friend, my doctor's sister, 
told me about a Dr. Uh, Roberts in Northern Virginia, who she had referred several people to, and, and they had all been successfully cured of cancer. And so I made an appointment, and I went to uh, Dr. Roberts, and he gave me the physical aspects. And what I took was I took Laetrile, which was illegal, and he told me where I could get it. Now, I took 2,000 milligrams a day of oral, but now uh, Dr. Contreras, who is a big uh, authority in uh, cancer treatment, says that if you can't go to get the IV Laetrile, that it's best to start with 3,000 milligrams a day for the first 21 days. And I think that uh, the Laetrile is not as effective now as it was 40 years ago. Mm. And at Laetrile, the greatest source is the apricot kernel. Oh, and so interesting. I also ate 25 apricot kernels every day. I'd wow. carry the apricot kernels with me and while I was teaching, and periodically I'd just eat wow. some of them. They're very bitter, but I would eat them, and then I'd swallow them and, and take a glass of water. And, so and can the we... water would be sweet by, <laughs> in comparison. So can we um, get apricot kernels just like yeah. in yep. just a health food store or something like that? Uh, well, some have it and some don't, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a, uh, I hesitate to mention names sure. over the uh, internet, I mean over the radio, because I'm afraid that the uh, government will close them down. But anyone that contacts me, I'm happy to share that there's about three places where you can get the IV or get the oral. Wonderful. Now, the one thing that you'll hear about the Laetrile from the traditional medicine is that it has cyanide in it, and it will kill you or send you to the emergency. <laughs> but what they don't say is that the cyanide, it does have cyanide uh-huh. in it, but the cyanide requires certain enzymes to activate it. Right. Yeah. And cancer cells have the enzymes, but normal cells don't. And so and that's so, why it kills cancer then, because it... Right. Oh, fascinating. Right. fascinating. And then it requires uh, pancreatic enzymes, mm. and the pancreatic enzymes uh, will soften up the cancer cells so that the laetrile can enter. And also, most people have problems with their pancreas anyhow right. because of the processed foods and the cooked foods and uh, not eating enough of the raw foods. So I'll talk a minute about my diet, which was 75% raw. But uh, the other thing that's very important with the laetrile is zinc, because zinc tends to carry the laetrile to the cancer site. Wow. And another part of my treatment that's very important, I think it's a whole package. You can't just take one or a piece of the whole. Uh, I took a high-dose vitamin A, Hmm. and Marie, you'll know when I say, I started at 300,000 international units, then I went to 100,000, and then I went to 50,000 for a year. Wow. And as you know, 5,000 is the recommended daily allowance. Wow. And I said to the doctor, I'm a little concerned because this is a fat-soluble vitamin, and it's stored in the body. You're worried about your liver. Yep, and I said, I'm going to give you uh, high-dose vitamin E that will help with the toxicity. I said, well, that's another fat soluble. But would you believe that about three months ago, I found research that validated what my doctor told me about the vitamin A? Wow. They did research, and they had uh, 
cancer cells. No, it was pancreatic. Pancreatic cancer cells, they had normal cells, and they had precancer cells. They used the vitamin A on each of these. It did nothing to the pancreatic cancer cells. It did nothing to the normal cells, but it converted the precancer cells back to normal. Wow, that's amazing. And that's exactly what my doctor told me 40 years ago why I was taking it. Can you believe that? Yes, actually I can. I think that there have been people in the world that have been dedicated with great integrity to the healing of this disease. It's kind of paralyzed most of the world, cancer. You know, it's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because someday we're going to look back at our methods, conventional methods of treating it, and it's going to be kind of like the old method of bleeding people. You know, we're going to go, well, that's a little barbaric, you know, and that's what, so we have... Or the lobotomies. Right. Remember the lobotomies? They kind of do those again now, Carl. I don't know if you know. They do. Yeah, they they do those again, and the shock treatment thingies, they kind of do those again. A little bit. It's not rampant, but, you know, a little bit. Um, But, yes, I I think that we'll look back at things like radiation and chemotherapy because of the fact it's repressing the immune system. And what we know, and what you write in your book, is that Mm -hmm. we know that, you know, chemo and radiation doesn't kill all the cancer cells. It kills all your other cells, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so then your body's working so hard to recover, and your immune system's already repressed because you're ill, and so you can't fight the cancer. And so a lot of times people will even create secondary cancers once they've started treatment, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then that's what I think makes it so difficult to heal or is on top of trying to kill the, the first cancer, they're also trying to... Now, um, well, a lot of people don't even, they don't get diagnosed until like five years later with their secondary right. cancers. Right, right, right. yeah. So, um, so, so that's what you did. You took these medications. You went to this alternative physician who, um, but he had worked with um, cancer institutes uh-huh. before, uh-huh. so he was well educated right. in oncology, right. and and that's how you healed. Right. Well, then I used some other supplements, and the diet he prescribed was. Uh, 75% raw fruit and vegetables wow. with some additional cooked and grains and nuts, but no protein. Uh, so I couldn't have peanuts because they're a high source of protein and no simple carbohydrate. And I, after about six, eight months, I could have a little bit of fish. But uh, during that beginning, no cheese, no milk, no ice cream, candy. You know, doctors are still telling. They told my brother, eat donuts, eat yeah. ice cream, eat whatever you want. I know. Well, all you have to do is be a patient in a hospital <laughs> to know what the nutritional you know, beliefs mm-hmm. of, of, of the established medical community or most people. Because, you, you know, I delivered trays of fake coffee, artificial cream, Ooh. sugar, you know, um, frosted mm. flakes, Ooh. you know, to the bedside. That's what <laughs> we carried to the bedside, and, uh-huh. and how can you possibly, you're already reducing someone's nutritional value by mm-hmm. giving them harsh chemicals, and now we're just giving them sugar and fake stuff. Yeah, it's very difficult. And the cancer cells love that sugar. <laughs> I, I, right, they love sugar, exactly. So, um, so so you do all this lovely stuff, and you heal from cancer, and then, of course, now you want to tell other people about it because right. you're excited, and you're grateful, and you're thrilled. Right, right, right. Well, it, this, it took about two years, Marie, mm-hmm. and uh, I went back to the doctor every six months, but uh, as I say, I didn't tell him I was doing anything. And after the two years, the spot was gone. He said, I guess I made the wrong diagnosis. Oh, I love it. That's great. And so 
my friend uh, who had been professor of pediatrics when okay. I taught at Duke, and at this point, he's the medical director for Blue Cross Blue Shield for North Carolina, and he said, I want to see the x-rays, the lab, everything oh, that they ha- did. You had a biopsy, so that's a definitive yeah, and a biopsy, diagnosis. And yeah. so I took it all, and he said, you definitely had lung cancer. Yeah, But, don't but he you... said, I know you well enough that I wouldn't have pushed chemo. Right. But don't you love, I I love that the doctor said, well, I guess I misdiagnosed you, you know, which of course is nice because then you can think, great, I never had cancer, which is kind of nice for your your brain and your thinking. But at the same time, it's just interesting how they're unwilling to look at someone healed naturally without harsh chemicals. And and it's possible for many, many people to heal that way. In, In your book, you talk about diet and you actually say that one of the risk factors for um, lung cancer is poor nutrition. You believe that people are actually malnourished mm-hmm. in minerals because of their poor diet intake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole theory of Laetrile is that it's a result of a nutritional deficiency of vitamin B17. Oh, wow. And so that theory makes more sense than chemo. I mean, who has a deficiency of drugs? Right, right. Huh? What is B seventeen? I don't. I don't well, think. Well, B seventeen is the, another name for laetrile oh. or amygdalin. Oh yes, of course. Wow, yeah. Yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and we... when you mentioned, uh, you know, the doctors and their nutrition, I did a PBS um, television uh, show up in uh, Pittston, Pennsylvania. And it was interesting because there was a oncologist, mm-hmm. a thoracic surgeon, and one other traditional surgeon, and me. And we talked about nutrition, and they didn't have any idea that nutrition had any effect on cancer. But the other thing that was very interesting was that the host said, well, what do you think of this man that healed himself with natural uh, substances? And they said, well, he's an exception. Right. And I said, I take exception to be called an exception because <laughs> there's many others that have healed this way. Right. And they immediately went to a break. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. Well, that's um, that's sad. And I'm sorry to hear that because, you know, we need to ha- make healthier choices for our bodies anyway. But what I think is fascinating when I worked in oncology, I would see the physicians, most of them actually ate very differently than what they told their patients to eat. <laughs> you know, they ate better foods, they exercised, you know, and maybe because they'd seen so much disease, they felt that nutrition and and mm-hmm. physical mm-hmm. fitness was good. But that's not what they said to their patients. They yeah. say, oh, you yeah. know, that's fine. You're okay. Um, so I, I think that's fascinating. We do have a caller on the line. So are you? Um, great. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and take a phone call. Sure, we'll take Melissa. Melissa is calling in from Bothell. I had some, a great question for us. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. Uh, so I'm... I'm having, like, a female issue, <laughs> and the doctors checked me for, like, VB because, you know, I'm menopausal and went through that early, and now um, that came back okay, but he and other doctors are saying it's just, you know, a pH problem, and I'm like, well, how can I address that? Is it the pH problem, and what's really the underlining of why I'm having that issue, and what can I do to, to help myself? And, you know, and getting older and all that stuff. <laughs> so, so Carl, you address um, pH levels in the book. Yeah. So, do you mind? You know speaking? what I like? Uh, is it Martha? It's uh, Melissa. And Melissa. Oh, Melissa. You know what I like, Melissa? If you take uh, three lemons and you put 
them in water. You squeeze them and put them in water, organic lemons, hopefully. Put them in uh, water and put a little stevia in. Make a little lemonade and drink that in the morning, and that will help convert your uh, pH to uh, more alkaline. And there is an alkaline diet that uh, uh, Dr. Weil, I think, developed. And it's very similar to what Edgar Casey, if you know the name Edgar Casey, developed. And the other mm-hmm. thing that I sometimes use is called uh, X2O, and it's by Azuma, X-O-O-M-A. And it's uh, a variety of minerals like magnesium and calcium and some other trace minerals. And I put that in my water. I think I use two, uh, two of the things in a half gallon of water, and I mixed it up good, and then I drink that water through the day, and those trace minerals will also help you maintain alkalinity. Okay. Will that help with the issue of, well, I dare say, um, like, well, you know, when you're <laughs> intimate, and after you're intimate, if you have the, this problem, which yeah. is bacterial, sure. bacteria, vaginal bacteria, of course, you have the odor that goes along with it. <laughs> I, I hate to say that. But oh, no, it's great. We're body. talking about the body. That's lovely. Okay. Well, yeah. you know what's really wonderful for uh, bacteria? And I discovered this about two months ago. I have a medical intuitive that I consult sometimes, and he told me about it. And I was afraid to use it because I never heard of anyone using it. But I went on Facebook and went on some of the groups where I know a lot of people, and I found a lot of people have used this, and it's very effective for bacteria. And I had mold in my system, and it worked for the mold. But it's called colloidal yeah, silver. Yes, silver. Yeah, it's fabulous. So, and you have to be careful because right. there are three types of colloidal silver, and you'll hear about the man that turned purple yeah. because he took too much and took it too long. But uh, I got if you get the I got the pure colloidal silver, and I don't remember where I got it from. But you read up a little bit on colloidal silver, and, and it'll tell you about the three types and where you can get the best a type of colloidal silver, and I took a half teaspoon twice a day for five days, and the mold was gone. But it's good for bacteria, it's good for uh, mold, for viruses, yeah, any of that. An, it's an old-school antibiotic, actually, but it's also anti... It? Yeah, it's, it used to be used, like, in the 1930s, but, but it's also oh. an antifungal. So um, it's something that doctors don't use anymore, but you can find it around, and uh, I'm wondering if you can use it as a douche. I think you'll have to look up and find out. But you can ingest it. Lots of people who... Yeah, that's how I took mine. Right. With, but you need yeah. a good quality, like a food-grade quality uh-huh. of colloidal yep. silver. Yeah. Wow, lovely. Right. So, so Melissa, I would, you know, the lemon water, I do that every morning myself, but I don't use three lemons. I'm going to start using three lemons, though. Oh, how many do you use? I just, I just use one. But I'm oh. going to use three because... <laughs> I mean, why not? It's right. Yeah. And I put Stevie in it like you do. And it's Uh Mm because it alkalines your body, which is really important. It's very Stevia for your audience is really the only sweetener that you should use since it is all natural. That's exactly correct. Um, We're having the pleasure of interviewing Carl Helviv, um, who is a PhD in public health and a nurse practitioner who healed himself naturally of cancer. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. I just had a wake up call. Never let you fall Baby, 
Would you like to be a Reiki master? Join Marie at the Hyatt House in Redmond, Friday, September 19th through Sunday the 21st. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to people at all levels of energy medicine healing knowledge. Completing the course will certify you as a Reiki 1, 2, and 3 practitioner. This is truly a transformative weekend. Enrollment is limited, therefore registration is required. For more information about the Reiki Master Workshop at the Hyatt House in Redmond, visit energyintuitive.com. Every day, more than 1.4 million American lives are disrupted by Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. This year alone, 70,000 new cases will be diagnosed, and more and more of those are children. Nearly 75% of patients with Crohn's disease will require one or more surgeries at some point in their lives. Those are the facts, but they don't speak to the daily realities of living with Crohn's or colitis. Excruciating pain, a lifetime of medication, and days when they can't even get out of bed. There's a good chance you know someone suffering with Crohn's or colitis. Someone like me. I'm Amy Brenneman, and I'm asking you to support the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. CCFA was created to help millions of us cope and to find cures. Visit ccfa.org today to learn more, donate, or join an event. It's time to face the facts and reach out to help someone you know at ccfa.org. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Marie Manucherry will be holding a seminar in Hollyhock, Vancouver, entitled Discovering and Dissolving Blockages to Help. This seminar ranges from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. You may have had a time in your life when you desperately needed a new way to look at a situation in order to reduce conflict or create change. Shifting energy breaks away patterns and allows everything to become new. Within the birth of new energy, anything is possible even healing from a difficult disease. Join Marie for this two and a half day course to discover how to unravel old patterns and return to your authentic nature. For more information on how to register, visit our events page at energyintuitive.com. And again, this seminar will be in Holly Hawk, Vancouver, British Columbia from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. Outside the box, outside the norm, inside your radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Rain Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Carl Helviv. He's an RN and a PhD in public health who um, was a nurse practitioner who now teaches and educates people in the treatment of cancer, particularly lung cancer. He wrote a lovely book, You Can Beat Lung Cancer Using Alternative and Integrative Interventions. And where can people find you? What's your website? Uh, it's uh, beatlungcancer.net. Lovely. I love that. So in your book, you have some case studies talking about a newer drug, since the one drug that you used has been banned in the U.S., apparently, although you have people in Australia who can actually get a prescription from their doctor, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is another drug on the market that more alternative, even conventional alternative doctors are using, some of them, and that drug is called, 
oh, excuse me, um, Protocell, correct? Mm-hmm. Right, Protocell. Um, and it can it be used as a preventative drug as well for cancer? Because what it does is it works more anaerobically on the cells. You know, the right. this wonderful right. scientist who at a young age, you write in the book about him, who discovered this, who used to work for um, a cancer institute, actually. He was became a chemist, and uh, he had a dream when he was young that he wanted to help the world in some way, and um, he helped develop this drug, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You have some stories in your book about people who actually heal from it, even from stage 4 lung cancer. Right. The nice thing about it is that it can be done at home. It's not expensive, and but you have to take it every, I think it's every six hours, and you have to give up certain things. I know that it's, uh, there's a lot of things that uh, you can't do. I think vitamin C is one that you can't take when you're taking this. So you have to be careful that you're not taking any of the things that interact with it in a negative way. And I don't remember that much about it, but uh, Tanya Harder-Pierce that wrote the chapter is the authority on this. It's something that doctors have not gotten too involved in because people can use it at home and they don't make money from it. And so, uh, you know, she's kind of, become the authority on this and is always available to people. And, and she has a book that uh, discusses many of the alternative cancer treatments, but she focuses a lot on the protocell. Yeah, and she her book is called Outsmart Your Cancer, um, Alternative Non-Toxic Treatments That Work. And it really does, um, from these stories that are told, this one lady, she she did the same thing you did. She didn't tell her doctor that she was using the drug, <laughs> you know? and she decided not to do treatment. Um, she had smoked forever, and, and that's one of the things you talk about, too, is please don't smoke, and please don't right. be around smoke, because it, it, it is a, the leading cause of cancer is smoke, correct? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so we want people to not smoke and eat nutritious foods and exercise and be healthy and feel your feelings, cry, tell people what's going on in your life, don't hold it in, because that, I think, leads to cancer and other diseases. So this one woman, um, she heard about the protocell from her sister-in-law, who was in business um, in Michigan. Um, And I think she worked for uh, a cancer center, actually, in Michigan. So she had actually heard about this drug. So her sister-in-law had the drug ordered for her, or, you know, because you can, I guess you can buy it in, in health food stores, correct? I'm not sure if you can or if you have to order it from a specific site because I don't remember seeing it in a health food store. Okay. So you have to or- you have to get on the Internet and order it is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I think okay. so. So two weeks before her surgery, um, she started taking the medication. This woman did. Her name is Ruth. Um, you, she was 66 years old. This was in 2006 when she was diagnosed with um, cancer. And... Um, they removed, she had surgery, so she had 40% of her upper lobe removed and 10% of her mid-lobe on the right lung. And then the, the doctors, of course, wanted to, to do more things, but she said she didn't want to. She continued to take the protocell, and every time she came in for scans, she went in like you did for regular checkups. Mm-hmm. And her masses just kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, and then they were completely gone. But, Completely, she completely healed. Her oncologist wrote in 2009 in her chart that she was three years disease free. So she healed quickly, actually. Right, right. Amazing. And of course, now she's still disease free. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and I know you, you're not shocked by this because no. you've heard uh-huh. stories and you yourself experienced healing naturally. 
but a lot and I've of, interviewed a lot of uh, cancer survivors that <laughs> use natural stuff, right? Right, right. <laughs> and so what do you think it's going to take for conventional medicine to relax about us not going in and using the drugs that have been approved by the FDA and, and let us make decisions about what we think will heal our body, bodies, which I really think that people inside know what will make them heal. I really right, believe that. Right, right. I think it's going to take a lot of people just turning away from conventional medicine and doing their own thing. And as I say, I think that the whole movement of the naturopathic doctors have helped, even though they don't uh, license them in some states. Right. I think that the uh, National Cancer Center, uh, the alternative uh, center and with the federal government that's doing research on different uh, Right. They seem to be doing quite things. well. Yes. Right. right. Uh, I think the Internet has been a fantastic uh, thing for people because they can go there and they can look up these things. I think people are demanding uh, a different type of care because the other is getting too expensive even with insurance. And then until Obamacare came, there were so many people without insurance. And so I, I don't know, you know, if we're going to be able to continue even to get in to see doctors because of the numbers of people that are using that type of care. I don't know, but there just seems to be some things happening that are bringing this change about. Plus the people out there like uh, Annie Appleseed. Uh, one of the I went and presented at their uh, convention, and Anne is out there all the time, you know, uh, on Facebook, for putting the latest information out. Uh, Lorraine at uh, the Cancer Control Society in California, they're another alternative cancer group, have been in business. They've had, I think they had their 45th uh, annual convention this year. Uh, so I think that there are certain groups and individuals that are really out there trying to make sure that people realize that there is an alternative to chemo and surgery. And I, I advocate that it's the patient's choice. You know, don't let doctors make decisions for you. You make the decision. You get the pros and cons and make your own decision. Like I let my brother make his decision, right. even though it wasn't the decision sure. I would have used. Sure. And then once they make that decision, you support them. Absolutely. Don't put doubt in their mind. Just, you know, support them whatever their decision is because, you know, if they're meant to live, they're going to live. And if they're not meant to live, they're not going to. If I couldn't my attitude agree is, more. If God's got more work for me. I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carl, for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure to interview you and to read your book, You Can Beat Cancer. And uh, we wish you a beautiful day and continued health, of course, longevity, and that what you um, are bringing to our consciousness, that may it spread. So thank you so much. Have a gorgeous day. Thank you, Marie. And uh, for the opportunity to be with you, I've enjoyed it. And you have a great day, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll see many of you at the Reiki workshops starting tomorrow. Um, so thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Joyful blessings, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.